Hello and welcome to the Taco Tuesday Theology Show with your host, Danny Powell. For many of us, going through life in an increasingly secular world is proving a challenge to navigate. Each week, we take your questions about modern life and answer them using the lessons revealed in the scriptures. Now, grab yourself a taco and let's get to this week's question. So it's been a few weeks since I made a new episode and I apologize for that, but there's been a lot going on at the Powell House in the last few weeks. First, we had my newest daughter, Josie, born. Then we had the birth of my newest granddaughter, Anna. And then a few days after that, my mother passed away from COVID-19. Now, while all this was going on, I did get some really good questions uh, on the website. If you have a question you'd like answered, you can go to tacotuesdaytheology.com and click on the message button. But for this week's question, I went to my book, A Bigger Picture, Viewing the World Through New Eyes, and the question is, what is love? What is love? When someone tells you that they love you, what does that person mean? What response is that person expecting? How does that person feel or react when they don't get that expected response? Relationships are damaged and sometimes ruined when one person tells another person that they love them and the other person doesn't respond in kind. I had this happen at church one time. Someone I was talking to suddenly said, I love you. I smiled thinking, well, how odd is that? And I tried to move on. As I walked away, she repeated it a bit, a little louder. I love you. I just smiled and continued walking but she was having no part of that. She came after me, grabbed my arm, swung me around to face her, and asked me, Don't you love me too? Now that got me to thinking about the subject of love. What exactly is it? And isn't that the age-old question? Do I love this woman that just told me she loved me? What does she mean when she said she loved me? Should my wife be worried? Does she mean something else? Hundreds of thousands and maybe more poems, songs, books, movies, and art through the ages have attempted to define love. The Beatles sang, All You Need Is Love, in an odd time signature. After all these eons exploring the subject, why am I still wondering what it is? Am I capable of truly loving someone else? What about that unconditional love that the Bible talks about all the time, that describes how God relates to us? Can any human love unconditionally? And if humans cannot, and love is conditional, can it honestly be love? Now, unlike English, where love has multiple meanings, in the ancient Greek, the language of the New Testament, there are four very different words translated into love into English, but each of them has a very precise meaning. The first is eros, and it means love, mostly of a sexual passion. The second is philea, meaning affectionate regard, friendship, and it's usually between equals. The third is storge, and that is love inside of families, especially of parents and children. And the fourth is agape, the love of God for man and of man for God. The New Testament uses two of these ancient Greek words, philea and agape. 
I was surprised that storge wasn't used even once since the relationship between God and man is often described in terms of a family with God as father and believers as sons or daughters. The Apostle Paul writes at least five different times in the scriptures of believers being sons of God. Jesus instructed his followers to address God as father. In the book of John, believers were referred to as sons of God multiple times, and in the book of Revelation, Jesus calls those who endure sons. The other word for love not used, eros, was shocking to me because of all the emphasis Christians put on sex, and because this ancient Greek word is is the source of our English word erotica. I would expect it to be mentioned at least once, even if in a negative sense. My understanding, though, is that by the time the New Testament was being written, that eros had become so distasteful that the writers wouldn't use it. It had become an expletive. Still, I don't understand why the scriptures don't even mention it. I was further astonished to learn that in the actual definition of agape, that it reads not only does it describe God's love for man, but it also illustrates how man is supposed to love God. I was already wondering if I could love the way God loves me, and then I learned the very word used to describe that love is supposed to explain how I'm supposed to love God. God loves me so much, He died for me. I realize that there are martyrs around the world every day that die because of their love for God, but at the end of the day, I'm not sure I would do the same for Him. I pray I never have to find out. My understanding of agape is that it's a self-sacrificing, no matter what kind of love that is not dependent upon the reciprocation of that love from another. To date, that kind of love is outside of my own human experience. It's easy to love someone when it benefits me in some way. My four-year-old daughter will tell me, I don't love her if I don't give her what she wants. And unfortunately, I fear my own understanding of love isn't much more sophisticated than hers. If I am capable of agape, how do I explain in the Bible where it reads, we love him because he first loved us? That's 1 John 4.19. That verse in and of itself would seem to validate my experience thus far that I can only love someone that gives me some benefit and that my love for God is conditional upon His loving me first. Love is now something to trade or barter, or the result of some other commerce transaction. You love me, and I'll love you back. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus uses the word agapeo, which is a variation of agape, to describe how we are to love our enemies. He teaches us to have a self-sacrificing, no matter what kind of love, that is not dependent upon the reciprocation of that love from another towards our enemies. Am I even capable of doing that? To love someone that hates me and wishes me harm? Is this an example of my ideology meeting my reality? How about considering what the most prolific writer of the New Testament, the one who defines love, He writes in Romans 7.18, For I know that in me, that is, in my flesh, dwells no good thing. For desire is present with me, but I don't find it doing that which is good. The it Paul writes about is his flesh. 
Paul was writing specifically about how arduous it is to have the have us do what the Lord asks us. If the Apostle Paul had such a difficult time doing what is right, what hope do I have? A favorite call and response I hear in church is, God is good, to which the congregation replies, all the time. And then the preacher says, all the time, and the response is, God is good. 1 John 4.16 says that God is love. It's quite simple and uncomplicated to believe that God can love everyone. He's good all the time. It's what He does, right? But how can I love to the degree that God loves when there is no good in me? Which brings me back to my original question. What is love? What exactly is agape? Agape can't possibly be an emotion. It can't be a warm feeling we get about someone. That most certainly would be eros. While sometimes love makes us feel happy or good, other times love breaks our heart, makes us despondent, and sometimes drives us into the depths of despair. The emotions and feelings we associate with love are the results of love, not love itself. The New Testament talks about two kinds of love, agape, the self-sacrificing no matter what kind of love that is not dependent upon the reciprocation of that love from another, and philea, the brotherly love that we tend to have towards one another. I'm not so much interested in pursuing a discussion about brotherly love. That is something I think I can comprehend. It might be interesting to explore the part of the definition for philea where it says the love between equals. After the resurrection, Jesus asked Peter three times, Do you love me? The first time and the second time, the Greek text reads, Do you agape me? The third time, the Lord uses philea, which could mean, Peter, do you love me as an equal? Peter agrees that he loves Jesus as an equal. And that is a perfect example of how the Lord meets people where they are. The Bible doesn't record how Peter died, but it is commonly thought that he gave his life for his Lord and died hung inverted on a cross. In the end, Peter loved Jesus the same way Jesus loved him, and that he died for him. However, what I'm interested in is that self-sacrificing no matter what kind of love that is not dependent upon the reciprocation of that love from another. I stated that love isn't an emotion or a feeling. What is love? And the best description of love is in the Bible, 1 Corinthians 13, 4-7. Love is patient and kind. Love doesn't envy. Love doesn't brag. Is not proud. Doesn't behave itself inappropriately. Doesn't seek its own way. Is not provoked. Takes no account of evil. Doesn't rejoice in unrighteousness but rejoices with the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Notice in Paul's description that he never says anything about it being a feeling, an emotion, or even something to do. How often do we hear that love is a verb? What he does do is define agape love as an attribute. An attribute is something attributed as belonging to a person, thing, group, etc., a quality, character, characteristic, or property. 
Love is something you have, not something you feel or even something you do. It's something that is a part of you. It's an attribute like a sense of humor or sensitivity or kindness. Love is the basic blueprint for how you act and react to everyone and everything around you. Love is the characteristic that causes you to perform a certain way. Love governs how you respond to your situation. You don't act that way because you love, but because love is a part of you, you can't help but act a certain way. When the Bible speaks about God's love, it always talks about His demonstration of that love. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. Romans 5.8 But God commends His own love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Which brings me back once again to the original question. Am I capable of a self-sacrificing, no matter what kind of love that is not dependent on the reciprocation of that love from another? The answer to my question lies in the scriptures. I read this about me in Genesis 1.26. God said, Let, Let's make man in our image, after our likeness, Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Psalm 139.14 I will give thanks to you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. My soul knows that very well. I am created in the image and likeness of God, and I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Then I come to the thing that Paul wrote, and hope doesn't disappoint us because God's love, agape, has been poured out into the hearts through the Holy Spirit who, has give, who was given to us, Romans 5.5. 5. Agape, love, poured into my heart. From this, I know that I am capable of a self-sacrificing no matter what kind of love that is not dependent upon the reciprocation of that love from another. And then I look at another, then I took another look at 1 John 4.19 in a translation that that is different and older. We love because He first loved us. We love because He who created us made us with love and created us to love. Then he pours his love into us through his Holy Spirit. The problem must be on my part, either in realizing this is true or in the application of my life. Agape is in the believer's heart. It's there. The potential of a self-sacrificing no matter what kind of love that is not dependent upon the reciprocation of that love from another is right here inside me. Not loving the way God does is wasting an incredible opportunity. And that's no different than someone having the gift of writing and not writing, or singing and not singing, or being an incredible athlete and not competing. Because of the difficulty above for my flesh to do what is right, I have come to realize that any agape I demonstrate is the love of God manifesting through me. Galatians 2.20 I have been crucified with Christ. 
and it is no longer I that live, but Christ lives in me. That life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself up for me. Knowing that I can have that love that is a self-sacrificing, no matter what kind of love, that is not dependent upon the reciprocation of that love from another, is the first step on the path demonstrating that agape. I must spend more time with God. I must endeavor to see others the way He sees us. As I walk with Jesus, I will eventually be able to answer that woman at my church with, I love you too, and mean it. Thank you for listening to this episode of Taco Tuesday Theology. If you have a question you'd like us to answer from a biblical worldview, please go to our website, www.tacotuesdaytheology.com and click on the message button. You can send the message right from your smartphone or computer. Maybe next week, we'll answer your question. New episodes post every Tuesday afternoon. Until next time, pass the guacamole and keep praying.